Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week, Dennis and I talk more about James Bond developments. We talk 60th anniversary Elwin Bond, being juiced up on meds during this podcast, stern production updates, trademarking a new pinball term, Franchi showing his cards, diet TNA, pinball media trends, a new segment, more changes to American pinball's model offerings, pinball market trends, and dare I say, steals of the week. Strap on to that bobbly missile because this rocket is set to launch. Ha! Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. It's that time, everybody, for your favorite pinball podcast, The Pinball Show. I'm Zach Minnie, alongside my co-host, Dennis Creasel. Dennis, we're in episode 114. You feeling frisky? I'm ready to go, but I'm amazed that you didn't cancel this recording. I think I'm recording a podcast right now. I'm so juiced up on painkillers and muscle relaxers. I really don't, you don't know, know where you one are from anymore. The other. So Dennis, I didn't record last week. Uh, for those of you interested, you need to go listen to the EGP. Uh, you guys had another good podcast episode last week. You and Tony over to Collected Gamers Podcast. I feel like I've been missing out on stuff. You were even updating me on some of the notes. You're like, well, what about this? You forgot this. Yeah, it's all it's all blur. Well, you are very, very high. <laughs> I did want to reach out and say thank you to all of the listeners who put in uh, what well, good thoughts and and prayers for me undergoing a surgical procedure on my back this last week i am what three or four days i think post Mm. i am fucking in pain Uh, but i'm hoping that uh, over the next month or multiple months i'm hoping that nerve calms down a little bit and relieves some of that pain but i've had i've had a couple really good days where I was actually able to play pinball without sitting down. How about that? Yeah, I did not know you were to that point that you were one of those stool players. I do not like showing weakness. No, I don't. Bl- I don't blame you. They. Uh, that's what these people feed on. Yeah, I don't like sitting on stools. But at night, yeah, when I'm down there playing, I, I couldn't. Prior to surgery, I couldn't maintain a standing position longer than 45 seconds or so. So I had to had to sit down and I had to play my pinball. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I've got a. Uh, I got a couple new games in. Really? <gasps> yes. You, have you opened your Fathom yet? Still haven't opened Fathom. I want to do a, uh, a straight end of middle unboxing on that. So still waiting for number 14 to be unopened. But I did find and run across a really nice Radical. Oh, you've yes. been looking for that, it feels like, since we oh. started the show. So I got it, and Playfield's super nice. It has Mylar, which sucks, because I don't think there's a way of taking off that Mylar listener uh, to clear coat the Playfield without pulling some paint up so i'm mixed on that i still want to repro play field but cpr is not going to make them until they get a copy so i got a radical and it shoots like a dream 
You ever pick up a game where it's, you know, it's broken, it's a, it's a System 11 or something where it just shoots so damn well. And I know after, if we do restore the game, it will not shoot like that. Mm. So I'm really excited about the Radical that I just got in. I keep going and playing it because it's a, you know, System 11 is a quick game, so you can go and play and play and play. And I also purchased a Wizard of Oz. It should be here within a week or so, Yellow Brick Road Edition. That one doesn't even have a monkey mech. Yeah, and I probably won't play it much, but it looked then nice. Then why'd you buy it? I, I, Dennis, I have a problem. Yes, <laughs> and I was willing to explore that with you. You seem problem. resistant. I was hoping that your surgeons would transplant some self-control while they were in there. That surgeon didn't give two shits about me. <laughs> you were boring. You're like, you're not a brain problem. He likes to work on brains. He did. He was a big brain yeah. guy. He was like, he seemed bummed out when I met him about a, you know, routine discectomy. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> He's like, you sure there's nothing wrong, like an aneurysm or something in your brain? Because <laughs> I really get my jellies off on fixing, fixing ventricles and shit. So, yeah. So I got a couple new games. That's been keeping me in good spirits. But truly thank you again to everybody that reached out because uh, that meant the world to me. I got a lot of support. Even after the last episode, Dennis, I had a lot of people reach out about um, – I had some serious stuff I was talking about during Pinball Market Trends. And uh, sorry to spring that on you. You weren't even there to uh, to digest that. But mm-hmm. I wanted no, to do that. I had that, to go you know. listen to Chiefs. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. So thank you all for, for reaching out and – Hopefully more positivity moving forward uh, in the industry and community of pinball. What have you been up to, Dennis? Oh, not a whole lot. Just been obviously football season, so I like to watch a lot of that. And did that podcast EGP last week. Oh, I was on the TPN network oh, yeah. uh, with Joel's stream mm-hmm. earlier this last week. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. You really cleaned mm-hmm. up on the game you guys played. Well, I had a couple bad rounds, but... You still beat them. But against a bunch of scrubs, what, yeah. what did it matter? I mean, come on. No, no recent tournaments. Nubs Pub. No, five hundred four no, West I f- pizzas. I feel bad. No, I went to Nubs Pub. Tony, my co-host on my other podcast, and I went. He had the week off, so oh, we nice. uh, we took one day. He was like, "Hey, you want to get lunch and play some pinball?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll head over there." Certainly. So we went and we we played Rush and Godzilla Pro and Kiss and uh, Stranger Things, your favorite. Oh. Yeah, he he won every Stranger Things game. I just I still don't. I'm still not comfortable with those shots, even though I I should be. It's a it's a clunkier fan. Our best game was on Kiss, easily. Oh, did you look it up? We yes, we were doing the we were doing the tongue thing every time we'd lock a demon ball. <laughs> both of us, uh, all these other people are there playing, and they're like getting further away from us because <laughs> we're being really obnoxious about it. And um, yeah, we both uh, we both set high high enough scores that we earned replays on our first game on it. Ooh, uh, just because it's like all right, doing this and that, and and afterwards, Tony was like, "This is so much better than insert other band pin game here." <laughs> Did you ever get Simbad into the game room? No, I still haven't listed Firepower yet. So mm, Firepower, Firepower. Someone buy my Firepower. Someone Figure buy. How much? You, what are you wanting it? What I don't do know. What's a fair price? Ah, uh, condition, condition, condition. I have to see. Condition's it, pretty worn. It's pretty basically got full playfield mylar. It came with that, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a player's game. And the front of the cabinet, unfortunately, was repainted solid black at some point, so it does oh. not have the stenciling like the sides do. I think you still probably get at least fifteen hundred out of it, right? Mm. I was thinking at least a thousand, but I oh I yeah, check the current prices. 
Yeah, if you got a working EM, you can get a thousand out of it. Mm. The market is softening though. It is. It's like froyo. <laughs> like froyo. Are you a froyo eater? No, I don't either. I, I like ice cream. I do too. But your favorite is like pistachio, which is weird. I like pistachio, but strawberry is my favorite. With or without the chunks of strawberry. You have to just puree it and put it in. I know, but I hate that. Why can't they just find a way to mix that up? You're like a jelly person, not a jam person. I'm a jam person, not a jelly person. Well, then why don't you like the jam of ice cream? Because the jams that I get are, are pureed enough to where you're not, like when you go to McDonald's and you get the strawberry thing and the shake and then you're slipping and all of a sudden you got a, a clog in your artery there and you go, and then you get a chunk of strawberry. No, I don't like that. No. That's a myth. The ice cream machine at, at McDonald's is never working. That's true. That is so true. Uh, if Craig Bobby, if he was an ice cream shake, he would definitely be butterscotch. Nailed it. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, as the dust settles on the pinball landscape this week, the world's largest pinball manufacturer, Stern Pinball, takes the lead in the twippy race for the worst pinball reveal by a manufacturer with their continued multi-week bungling of their newest super spy pin, James Bond. Yes, even edging out the abysmal spinal tap because, hey, it's home pin and what did you expect? Sadly, Stern can't seem to get the derailed James Bond train back on the tracks as Stern made appearances this past week with two Bond games in hand at the recent British Film Institute's James Bond 60th anniversary celebration as well as the 60th anniversary charity auction at Christie's in London, England. And no, calm down, calm down, Stern didn't show up with their Elwyn Design 60th Anniversary Retro Design Machine. I mean, why would you want to show up at not one but two events celebrating the character's 60th anniversary with your uber-cool 60th Anniversary James Bond Pinball Machine designed by the best and hottest designer in the pinball industry today? I mean, that would be just crazy. So, okay, okay, you go to two high-visibility galas with not a bad second choice. I mean, George Gomez is no slouch here, everyone, and those machines do look pretty cool. So, you go with your best-selling pro and premium editions with the Sean Connery bonds splashed all over them to put on a show and let the fine men and women of the UK who clearly appreciate James Bond and who have only been dreaming about the possibilities of a James Bond pinball machine. Why not let them have the first look at your beautiful works of art and watch the sales dollars roll in behind them? So let them go and have some fun. Like, what could go wrong? Uh, how about more low-res grainy and horribly reflected cell phone footage from the event showing the game's code in a very early state, complete with no music except played over and over and over again with very few if any callouts and a few movie clips mixed with homegrown animations making these effectively prototype games. Say what? Even the production information through distributors has been cocked up with this release as most distributors were saying no pros for you eager homeowners until the spring of 2023 with operators getting the first production run of the Bond Pro Edition games this November like they've done for the last 10 or more releases only to have Stern come back saying, not so fast, silly distributors, that's not accurate. We haven't yet determined who will get what and when. You know what I'm saying? 
But have no fear, true believers, have no fear. Stern just announced this past week that at long last, you can watch the first official Stern James Bond livestream with George Gomez and his design team on the Dead Flip streaming channel Tuesday, October the 18th at 6pm Eastern, where they will show the now world-traveled James Bond pinball machine in action in all its high-def and well-explained gameplay glory. But you guessed it, we shall have to wait and see. And in case you didn't catch it, courtesy of our beloved co-host Dennis Creasel, who is also the co-host of the Eclectic Gamers podcast, revealed recently several new rumors about Chicago Gaming Company's next upcoming game. During the Rumor Corner segment, Dennis stated that not only is Pulp Fiction CGC's next rumored game, but it's already rumored to be on the production line at the company. The game is so far along that it may go on sale before the end of 22, and it may even and make its public debut at this month's Pinball Expo in Chicago. Say what? Now another rumor floating around the interwebs is that the artist for this rumored Pulp Fiction machine is Christopher Franchi, although Franchi has now refuted that rumor on his latest Super Awesome Pinball podcast, stating that he is not in fact doing the art for this title. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. And for our Canadian listeners, happy Thanksgiving for the Pinball Show. I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. I guess we can talk about Stern Pinball and James Bond if you want I, to. Oh, my God. I'm, <laughs> honestly, I'm really getting tired of it. Well, look, Dennis, it's fucking. It's either talking about Bond or you want to talk about these metal flippers because we can go one way or the other. No. All right, Bond. <laughs> Bond. Oh, my God. No. Do absolutely you, not do you think joel knows like come on joel we're done talking about I'm him just I, I i and people you know they can <laughs> like they can like what they want i'm glad that joel is enthused he's so enthused about pinball and i'm sure yeah. these flippers make a lot of people really enthused but every time i am on he brings them and i don't think i'm on that much he brings them up and it's like it makes me feel like I'm watching someone put together a, a tri, you know, a tricycle for their child. Uh, but it works because I'm gonna have to try them. <laughs> to see. Oh my gosh, he's worn you down. Yes, he, he has worn me down. Let's talk about a little James Bond. Now we still haven't seen an official reveal stream that is coming uh, October 18th from Stern Pinball. So you're gonna see that here in uh, a little under two weeks. We got that coming. But man, oh man, this is, continues to be a very interesting rollout for this new product, <laughs> considering um, what the depths of what you've talked about on EGP, and you said it perfectly. You went through the whole timeline. Thank you for that. Uh, and then this last, what was it, last week, maybe a week ago, we did get some gameplay video, additional gameplay video in the vertical orientation on YouTube from Pinball News, I believe. I think it was from Yes, Pinball. that's Martin where I saw it. Yeah. So we did get some of that. What was confusing to me, listener, and to Dennis, is that the code did not look like it was uh, fleshed out yet. Mm. It looked a little... Like a demo. It looked uh, it looked demo-ish. I mean, and you may, re may recall, I think you've seen more footage of it than me, but it was like they had ultra, 
babyfied the the multi ball. Like you'd shoot the that's yeah. You start one ball yeah. and it starts the bird one multi ball. And it, it reminded me of I think the analogy uh, Tony and I had used on on our podcast was it was like a vertical slice demo that video games will do where they'll take a bunch of pieces of a game and it wouldn't be what you'd actually encounter in the game. It's like it wouldn't flow mm, that same way. Sure, just to kind of give you a taste of everything that's meant to happen mechanically. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of felt like to have baby's first multi-ball yeah and we and we do that with uh sizzle reel production as well oh, yeah good good uh, point good so point. you can see all of that but you don't want to play it like that i i'm at a loss here i still don't understand it's got to be a license it i i don't even want to talk about it anymore because it's kind of boring at this point but yeah watching that gameplay video i'm like what? i can see if they were at that event wanting to set it up a little bit easier or was this the only option because that's all that the code was knowing that it was going to be filmed. Yeah. But I mean, the, the basically instant multi-ball, the just incessant droning of the 007 theme, the constant tinkling of the diamonds. I mean, you know, I was how, good with the diamond tinkles. Yeah. And different people, you know, sound people get irked. I mean, it's still, it, to me, it reminded me of when Alice Cooper nightmare castle was first getting streamed and all you heard was the tinkling glass with the slings. And it's oh, like, you Oh, loved that. is that going to get grading or not? Um, did they have the metal flippers installed on this? Cause they might've, I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot of multi-ball heavy in this, in this showing of it. I don't know if it's going to be like that just because like you said, it one ball locked and you started a multi-ball. I, you know, what was interesting to me is I, I think pinball news had a prior, uh, clip, which got taken down and then they oh, got okay. this one. Uh, well, the prior one was, was, was terrible like it was mostly just focused on the display on the screen mm. you could only maybe kind of make out the back third of the game uh but and i believe like they stressed in this latest one that stern gave them permission for this and i was like why really it doesn't make that me just, want it, it it's not sense. a good impression it's just not <sighs> i'm not understanding any of this they've been teasing on social media certain pinball's been teasing some of the animated uh sequences whether it's you know a match sequence or in-game sequence. So they're teasing it. So what is preventing them from showing this thing off to its fullest capacity? I you know, I know the speculation. I had someone message me this morning that they, you know, that they think it's it's all licensor stuff, but okay. oh, it's just it feels like there's a carton. They're very pricey now, of course, because of inflation, as people like to point out. But sure. a carton of eggs. And it feels like all the eggs are on all the faces right now. There's this egg face. I think I have egg on my face, and I didn't have anything to do with this. But I haven't even just, touched it yet. You know, collateral damage. I just hate video that gets out that does not represent a product to its fullest I, abilities. I I, just I understand, but they fucking hate it. I don't understand why we're not why we're waiting till the 18th for their official live stream when this is out for people to get to experience live somewhere. Uh, you know, none of it, none of it makes any sense to me, Zach. I, I feel like the entire marketing strategy for bond was like outsourced to a new company and this is their first go. And it's just all sloppy, real sloppy out of this though. Listener came a new pinball term that we now get to use moving forward. A lot of times, Dennis, people say, what do you have a freaking cell phone camera you're shooting video on? It's like a freaking potato cam, right? You've heard that mm-hmm. phrase? Yes. Yeah. Long, long standing phrase. Here on episode 114 of the Pinball Show, we are now initiating a new official pinball term into the zeitgeist. 
Mm. <laughs> Put that in the dictionary, Steve Bowden. This might be new entry term of the year. If there was an award for it, moving forward anytime, the first looks that you get on a brand new product, whether it's a pinball machine or, or whatnot, an unprofessional, over-the-shoulder, shit sound, a Nokia 9510 shooting it, we're now calling that Yam Cam. <laughs> oh, that? that's catchy. <laughs> yam Cam. You know, yeah, fucking Yam Cam out here filming this game. Figure it out. Yam Cam. I, I don't what else would we say? I will say it looks like it uh looks like a good shooter. Yeah. Looks like, I agree. It looks like a George Gomez game. Almost as if Deadpool snuck one in on the backside of Batman when he wasn't looking. Like, <gasps> that's what it looks like to me. Screw you, Robin. I did worry about that that third flipper shot to the ramp. And I can say that that looked pretty smooth. I was wrong there. Mm. I did see it dribble out the other side one time or two, but I was kind of wrong there. Watching the Yam Cam coverage of this, I did wonder if this is a code thing, but when they hit the orbit in between the ramp, the right orbit, you follow me? Okay. It didn't go all of the way around the orbit. It stopped in the pop several times. Hmm. I'm wondering if that's a George Gomez coding decision, because I really would like to see that ball go all the way around. Did you ever see it go all the way around? Like, do you think maybe there's a, a block or a diverter? I didn't. It looked like, like a controlled a, gate up top, hmm. and it was just coded okay. to fall in the pop. Same way with on the upper uh, little orbit that went up there. Oh, yes, yeah, that one. It okay. just seemed like it stayed in the pops. And I'm like, man, I'd like to see that go all the way through. Maybe that's that one shot that you're, you know, you always oh, talk about the Gomez right. shot. Because otherwise, I don't know. I, the left scuba area where it kicks the ball back up, a la Elvira. It's kind of weird because it doesn't seem to have a an aim or a target in mind when it ejects, but the bond on a wand was cool. It looked as if it grabbed the ball. It took it and almost prepared it for a multi-ball once you hit that, that tank target, and then it dropped it. I'm not thinking it goes to the wire form, though, as an option. So overall, the gameplay looked pretty phenomenal to me. Looks like a lot of fun to shoot. Code is early, so... And maybe this was... maybe. What? I'm just going back to scheduling and production. There was rumors of Venom, and we had rumors of James Bond. We'd have rumors of all of these games. They skipped a cornerstone, which would suggest that there was a lot of time allotted for these different, what, three or four different design groups to really prepare for coding. That's why it's hard for me to believe that this is the only code in there. I almost believed in us that they have much more code already done but that is, in fact, waiting for licensed approval. So until then, you get you know baby's first code out there in Europe to play so that people can start multiples. You can't tell me that they don't have more code done on this. Yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I've assumed that the, the code state was because of licensor, and either they had to put down a strip down, you know, not a lot of clips. Uh, mm-hmm. only one piece of music sort of thing because they could quickly get that approved. Yeah. And so then they could have something live out there. It would also help explain why the live stream of the 18th, I'm kind of wondering, are we absolutely sure? That's a good point. Or is it going to get punted? Because they've a punted point. a number of things on this. Well, the other thing is the official bond day was what, October 5th last yeah. week? Yeah. And and we didn't get any reveal of that Elwyn's 60th anniversary either. I and that absolutely and I you know behind the scenes we we had we'd commented about that on EGP and then mm-hmm. the day of the bond reveal I'm like nope we, we I thought that it was the most obvious day to reveal Elwyn's 
60th anniversary one. Sure. Uh, other things are doing it. They're, Tony's into big into motorcycles. Triumph released their reveal of their their Bond inspired motorcycle okay. that day. Their limited run of sixty motorcycles, and it's like, it's none of it makes sense. See, that's where I get back to the the, the decisions on the marketing side. Why did they when they had their dealer presentation with you all? Did they not cover the Elwin game at the same time? Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe they're holding for Bond Day. Uh, well, then why didn't they hold the Gomez game for Bond Day? I mean, everything else up until this point, there was no reason not to have waited until the fifth to reveal the Gomez game. The, I guess it was to do it at the IAPA UK show, but I, but not all four of them. I so there's just this weird placeholder on the Stern website. Sure, and every detail about this release and reveal and product launch is confusing. And that's the problem. That's the fundamental problem. Is the confusion. Here, here they've already had kind of that leak from 007 for the 60th anniversary mm-hmm. L1, which went totally against some of the features that George Gomez himself was publicly explaining with mechanical reels and, and different things like that. So it's just, it is a, a very confusing time. So I, I'm going to hedge my bet, and I'm going to say this isn't a stern thing because, well, they tell us in the shrink school, the best predictor of future behaviors, past behavior, which in and of itself is problematic. But if we go by that, Stern does a good job of revealing games in general. They get their shit together. This has been chaotic in so many different respects that I don't think I can put this to Stern. Something else is going on here that's nutty, I think. I I agree that something, something, it makes the most sense that something probably external is complicating it. But at the end of the day, it's a stern game, and they're the ones that are going to be held responsible for this. So Absolutely. I mean, it's just how it is. So it's unfortunate, but they're also not really doing a lot to clarify things. And I think a good case in point is a correction that we have from the last episode. That's mm, yeah, true. I reported on episode 113 that just like the last two years worth of stern releases, the first run pros come out first, but they only go to operators. They focus heavily on operators. Us dealers have to fill out forms showing what operator is, uh, is putting that on location, where it's going on location. A lot of information because that's how many pros in the first run that will get out there. Makes sense from a sales marketing standpoint because you want to get them out there for people to play, but you cannot build all of the pros in that first run. You get to get to the LEs and, and whatnot. After having that information out there, someone posted about, you know, April is the first time that homeowners are going to get their bond pros and George Gomez posted on social media. I don't think that's correct. So then I was contacted by Stern. They said, Hey Zach, you know, uh, not really a slap on the wrist, but Hey, maybe run that stuff by us before you go announcing it. Um, because in fact, we are going to be able to do a large enough run that all of the first locations are going to get theirs as well as some homeowners. So my point was, well, you didn't tell us otherwise, and we've done it this way for two straight years, so how in the hell would I know any different? But yeah, that, so that was a correction I need to make that, in fact, it's going to more than just locations in this early November run of James Bond Pros. And I'd also think that we may see some more runs squeezed in between November and April. They, they haven't said it officially, but I don't think they go that long before running their newest game again. Well, but officially they run it again in April. Yes, correct. Or do, or do I need to run? Or do I need to run that by them? That's their well, and it's all uh, schedules are always tentative, so they can always change as we've seen them change drastically over the last year. But yes, that is that is very much the goal. Hmm. 
run and buy them. Give me a break. <laughs> Let me go. Do do you need to run by the pricing also, just in case uh, if they didn't send out an update? You know, just just to be sure. Oh, just just was... to be sure. Maybe you need to run everything. Maybe run the whole script through them. We have had a lot of angry people this last couple of weeks because they're like, "Hey, I've seen that they were increasing prices of James Bond. Does that mean they're increasing the prices on all the other games?" I'm like. Yeah, unfortunately. They're like, okay, but I had my order in for six months now, so I'm good, right? No. Nope, yeah, you're those not. Those poor Elvira orders. And we still don't have a price for that. Nope. I can I can say that. They have told us pricing will go up from 2021, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah but I they think haven't, so. They haven't announced what that is because people are like, well, do you think it'll be the same price of the, the regular premiums or lower? I'm like... God no, it's going to be higher than all of them. Yeah, it was it was higher originally. Yeah, it's a studio release, and people still get mixed up on that, Dennis. Right, There's right, right. Cornerstone releases with a pro premium LE, and then there are studio releases. Your studio releases are generally a couple hundred dollars more at, at a premium level than a Cornerstone premium, and they don't create or produce pro levels or pro trim levels of a studio release. Batman sixty six, Elvira, Beatles, these are all studio releases. So I, I don't know when we're going to get the 60th. I do think that when we get Elwyn's 60th, call me crazy. I think it's going to be a dynamite seller. And I think they are going to be sold for a lot of money. Well, given they're only going to be 500, I don't see why either of the statements would be incorrect. Well, because in the past, they've struggled sometimes with releases such as this. Look at the Beatles. They struggled to sell all of those Beatles after two years. Sure, but there were more than 500 of them, and they didn't have uh, Elwin's name attached to them. Sure. Elvira's 40th, though. That thing that thing sold well-ish, but over time, we've seen the market kind of come down, and those prices have come down as well. Yeah, the thing with Elvira, though, is technically, the because even though there's not a pro model, there is a quote-unquote unlimited quantity of the lowest tier. Beatles Premium, didn't yeah. have that, but Elvira obviously good did, point. as did good Batman, point. and so I, I don't think that's a good apples to apples. That's true. That's true. I, I think it's going to sell well because it is Elwin, because that guy knows what the hell he's doing. He is not going to produce, based on the evidence that we have, he's not going to produce a bad game. And for those who love Elwin games, he, he crosses over into competitive pinball. You know, you will always get support by owning an Elwin game. It's not like you're putting yourself out there for, well, I like X person doing the designer code, even though a lot of people don't. Elwin is a surefire thing. Yeah, I see it even a single level. If it, if it has rules depth, I don't care about the art. If it has a Godzilla-like feel to it, and it has rules depth that matches that of a contemporary machine, I don't think there's any doubt that they will be $25,000 minimum. That's a strong take. Mm. I think all it needs is the rules. But if it is more basic, then I don't think you're going to see people clamoring over it as much. Isn't it wild how everything comes down to rules now? Well, I mean, rules have always been important. They've always been important. But we're getting to the point where depth-wise, people are justifying value a lot in the rules department now. They, they can get around, you know, artwork, look at Bond, sometimes get around some of the design elements and choices. But I think people are finding value in, and almost, is this nuts? I think people justify value in a game on rules more so than even toys and mechs at times. Yeah, I 
I would agree in this. It, I think it comes down to the fact that the rules are what have the biggest influence over anything else, even layout on staying power. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good rule set that's that works with the fun of the toys and the fun of the layout, it makes you want to keep coming back. Where I'm wondering is if in some ways I feel like we've seen, and you know, it depends on the rules person and the company, but have some companies maybe gone too far slash is the buying audience rebelling against the depth or depth sake where it's like, here, we're going to put in all of this complexity. I still remember when I think it was Pirates was coming out from JJP and they advertised all the different like billion combo mm-hmm. yeah. scenarios of the different modes. You'll you never approach. play the same game twice. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if that if that's a selling point or not to a lot of people. Because if we take a game like Jurassic Park, it's pretty easy to understand how you move through it versus and Deadpool's like that. Versus Deadpool's very much like it. Yeah. Versus uh, you know, a lot of other games well, like a Pirates, for example, where it just feels like there's a lot, a lot of like it's there's so much. Or choice. like some of the band pins that don't have the most story like like a rush. I'm sorry, Ray Day, but that it kind of confuses me. Mm, I'm confused by Rush too. Led Zeppelin was sort of the same for me. Yeah. Those band pins can, can do but yeah, that. but other band pins too. I mean, GNR with all its songs and so I was like, I don't know. I what- still don't. I, I'm going to confess here. I still don't understand ACTC rules. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even know I, how I did you bet, get to I encore. do better with it when like the band games, like well, like Kiss for example, where if I choose the song before I plunge and I see the flashing, like it lights yeah, the shots yeah, that you yeah. know you're going to work. Aerosmith, uh, and Star same Trek's way. like yeah. that. So, but again, not everyone's me. So different people are. But you know what all those have in common? What? Lonnie Rob, maybe? (gasps) Lonnie's on James Bond. Bow, 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 bow. Yep, he is. I can't do the the tongue, the Bobby tongue. Nope, can't do it. So that is your 60th anniversary (laughs) non-update. Update-ish. Let's do predictions, uh, Zach. Oh, what okay. is the first pinball show episode where we do not mention James Bond? Wow, what will um, it be? I'm gonna guess one twenty-three. Okay, I was gonna guess one twenty-one. Hmm. How? What? What is your guess of the ratio of people buying James Bond Ellie's who were also going to purchase the 60th anniversary edition by Elwin? Because you you know, Dennis, that people are going to own both of those games. Yes, yes. And in fact, I was going to say, I think the the people, and this may, maybe I'm too high on this. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say 80% of the Bond LEL win buyers are also going to own the Gomez. Wow. That is, I don't even know if that's a possibility. Wow. I said, math, math says it's possible. It's numbers don't lie. I mean, my thinking is the the 100% of the population that buys, well, I'll say 95% of population that buys uh, Mm. Elwin, Ellie, Elwin 500 has the money to buy both. So it's only a question of interest and acquisition. So could you own the same? I don't even know. Well, I know a whale, but I think a lot of people that are going to go for this are, are going to be the bond hardcore fans. And that's why I said 80% because- most of the regular Elwin fans, like let's take the competitive set, for example, mm-hmm. they know the odds of encountering the bond because there are only 500 of them and they're so expensive. They're not going to likely encounter that very much in tournament settings. So they're not going to have that same pressure to, oh, I got to get it 
like I know people who buy the Elwin games just because they want to train on them because they know it's going to be at every location that plays competitively. So very true. Very so true, they don't yeah. have that, and he's like, no, we're not going to encounter this all the time. It's just not common enough, and it's way too expensive. So, so because of that. I think it's mostly going to skew towards the Bond hardcore fans. And that's where I think the people are like, well, I'm the Bond super fan. And the only way I can prove it is with my wallet. And mm-hmm. I'm going to prove that by owning both. What do you think the percentage chance is that the 60th anniversary L1 is a flop? Oh, gosh. I would only say like a, a 5% chance. That's about where I'm at. 5 10% chance is a flop. Yeah. I mean, we still don't have a huge sample size from Elwin, but given the restrictive nature of the design decisions mm-hmm. that they're, they're running with, you know, single level, uh, incorporating every single, and some of it's not on him, you know, incorporating every single Bond movie, that sounds like a, re- I mean, they're tw- like 25. That's a, That could be a recipe for too many chefs in the kitchen. In this case, too many Bonds in the wand or something like that. <laughs> Uh, just to say, when I saw the that the leaked 007 store images of the side cabinet with like every movie poster on it, yeah. w- woof. Yeah. Woof. Woof the hell is that? <laughs> That's an e- not an easy fix, but you can get new cab decals. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying it's like- I still ow, don't understand ow, the fuck. There's, there's an LCD no. screen on that mock-up. There's an LCD screen on the mock-up, period, dot. They said right. there's mechanical reels. Uh, now I thought I Owen has since some, somewhere indicated my game will have mechanical reels on it, so that part must be a placeholder. So but. what can we take as true on that game? I don't. Well, why give him a placeholder at all if everything was a lie? It Precisely. must. I think the art's valid. I think the art's there. I think the art's already approved. Is why? Yeah, possibly. I'm just. I'm clamoring. Maybe they're doing this on purpose. I'm clamoring to see the 60th anniversary Elwin because. I do own the other four Elwins. He is at this point and probably the most prolific designer in the last decade, if not a top three of all time, even with four, I don't give a shit. I'm saying it. So yes, anytime that he has something come out, I'm very, very interested in it. Hmm. Well, I won't, I, you know, I've heard he has a lot of layouts already done. So he might, he might be the most prolific well, no, no. I mean, in terms of just the ability to push out games, the EM era obviously yeah, is going to beat him, but because they were putting out games every three months. And while he's fast, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure he finalizes his quite that at that speed. And Borg's pretty been pretty prolific in his career. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. in terms of putting out top rated games, I mean, last I looked at the Pinside top whatever 100 plus. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's weird to call it the top 100 when it goes to like 350. Well, yeah, yeah. But um. You know, only only Avengers is the only one not in the top ten. Last I looked, and it was still in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty good batting average. That is a very very good batting average. Other things to be on the lookout from Stern Pinball. They're going to be finishing up Led Zeppelin premiums. Uh, they were working on last week as well as maybe some will trickle out this week. We do have that new Godzilla premium run that's going to be coming maybe as soon as next week here or this week potentially. Um, so we might see those start rolling out this week and then turtles, we get pros and premiums towards the end of the month of October. Then they're shifting everything over to James Bond. A lot of people are wondering if we're going to see a James Bond at the Chicago pinball expo. I believe we will, but there will be some there and I'm guessing, but I'm guessing that there will be some there. Uh, it will not be 
as many as we've seen last year of Godzilla upon that release or, or subsequent shows where they have a new game because they're not into deep production of this. But you're going to see some prototypes there to play, I believe. Will they will they have the yam cam code? Can I have one ball start multi-ball? Yam-cam. I was talking to a manufacturer this last week. I'm not going to say who, of course, but they were trying to convince me. Um, I have to cut all this. They were trying to convince me that if they're releasing at a show, that gameplay video and or sizzle and or featurette videos are not important. <laughs> if you're launching, at, they're like, we're going to be at the show. So people are going to be able to get their hands on it. And I said, you realize that that means you definitely need additional source material. Hmm. Ideally uh, three days before anybody mm-hmm. gets their hands on it so that they can have a first impression that makes more sense than hashtag yam cam. Yeah. I, um, this, what that reminds me of actually is I, I think it was Jersey Jack's Wonka where they revealed that a show and you had all of these terrible pinball players coming up and playing oh, yeah, it yeah. and made the game look super brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was a bad impression. Yeah. People like see the sizzles and they're like, Ooh, this looks damn was colorfully the flow on that. And then they see, yeah, a, a proto game on the floor and they're like, Oh God. Like the, the flippers were weak. So the shots seemed saw and you know, JGP Ugh. has that problem anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, people were just draining after 20 seconds and it was like, ouch. And in reality, the game wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't no. that brutal. So that's what's coming up at the Chicago Pinball Expo, Stern Pinball. Everybody's going to be there except for Dennis. What the hell, Dennis? I'm sorry. Last Expo was such a disappointment. I can't be wasting my money twice. Such a slap in the nuts that he's not asking for seconds. And then I had people messaging me, Zach, saying, hey, they're like fixing everything you complained about. Why won't you be there? I'm like, yeah, the proof of the pudding is in the eating and I don't eat it until I know it's not poisoned. That's right. (laughs) So I will wait for people to give reports back. Does the free play area have more than 40 games? Two of which are working. Let me know. Uh, I'm going to be there. And hopefully, hopefully I will be there. I plan on being there. I don't know what I'm going to bring up though. I thought about uh, doing something different for the booth this year. So if I'm not going to have bond, you know, why not maybe bring some, some out of the ordinary pinball machines to our small booth, like bring a radical or bring like a fully restored hep whitewater or just, you know, maybe some different things that are kind of fun. Yeah. But they can't buy those from you. Well, I mean, it could, maybe you could bring a just one calorie TNA or a, or what a, a classic limited deluxe fall or whatever they're calling all oh, this let's, stuff. Let's talk about all of that. But first, I want to talk about the recent episode of the Super Awesome Pinball Show by Christopher Franchi, Christian Line, and Jeff Parsons. They had the mistress of the dark herself, Elvira, appeared uh, on the latest episode. They had a spooktacular episode uh, where they interviewed Elvira and Greg Frears. Mm. Talked about talked about a lot of things. I'm going to say straight up that the Elvira, it was cool to have her on, but that's not where the good stuff was. Like it was it was fine, whatever. Uh, that was clickbaity stuff. Greg Frears, actually, that was a great, great discussion interview. So I encourage you all listeners, if you haven't heard it yet, go listen to Greg talk about some of the history of artwork and his work in the industry. That was That was a lot of fun. What I did find interesting this last week, Christopher Franchi, was discussing on that podcast a recent social media post that he made. He made of, I think it was on his actual art uh, social media, Metaluna or something. But uh, 
he had two conceptual arc packages that he displayed for Batman, the one with Michael Keaton, and Superman with Christopher Reeves. And he basically said, you know, as kind of a resume, like, here's my abilities. I'm available for work if any of these manufacturers want to hire me. But he went on to refute the idea that neither were a possibility of being made. Before he was like, no, they're not getting made. He did. He censored it dialogue-wise, which I never understand, because it's purposeful. He censored it the dialogue that followed in the episode, basically hinting that there is the possibility of a future work involving one or both of those themes. Now, knowing that, we look at Batman with Michael Keaton. That's kind of a stretch. There's so many Batman games that have been out here recently. I think he was hinting at Superman. They're in talks, and uh, Superman is probably going to be made. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Could you get down with a Superman? I know Pinball Party, it's a dream theme. Of Why, you own one. Oh, the Atari. Yeah. Mm. And it had great art. It had great art package. It was beautiful. But that was a long time ago. Could you get behind Very another long, Superman? Yeah. I think it's a good theme. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything. Uh, I don't have anything against the theme. Um, I, you know, hmm, interesting. Uh, it's probably the right nostalgia button to press to do Christopher Reeves. So you got to do it pretty soon, or else uh, that bubble's going to pass. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing. I mean, because the first movie like came out when I was born. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a while. So I think it could do well. So yeah, no, I mean, it could it could be it could be neat but it's so hard for me i mean artistically yes the obviously it's it's a winner theme even if you do it based mm-hmm. off the comics or something but you know there's a, there are a lot of questions about setting it up and where you're going to base it off of a lot of people probably don't remember the plots of the movies all that no. well quite frankly it's just i don't i, th- I think know, it's gonna happen it's fine though. it's fine yeah i could i could see it that definitely yeah. feels like a kapow thing it does it, if they're doing reeves it if they're just doing does. like animated series or the comic with DC, they could work mm-hmm. with Warner or whatever and, and get it figured out. So I think if I'm reading this situation correctly, I think Franchi showed his cards a little bit there, and I think we see a Superman uh, in the future. Also in the episode, Christopher Franchi denied the rumor that he was doing art for a rumored Pulp Fiction pinball machine. But then again, he also said he couldn't confirm or deny that the title was being made in general, mm, which makes me that's think. That's right. That's hmm. why Pulp Fiction is a rumor corner thing. Mm-hmm. Because rumor corner could be totally fiction. And then when Franchi does these mock-ups of these back glasses, uh, he did so recently this last week for Prince, artist formerly known as Prince. Oh, uh, yes. And he Come essentially on. said, here's another piece of artwork. It's dead. I can tell you now, Prince will never be licensed into a pinball machine. It's not happening. So I'm showing you all what we tried to pitch to that IP holder. So for Franchi, Prince is and will never happen. Hmm. It'd sell pretty well if it did. Why the Prince? All Prince stuff, colors, raspberries and reds and purples. And he's just he likes color. He doesn't like pinball, apparently. No, <laughs> guess not. Well, I think he. I was gonna say, didn't he become a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or something? Ooh. Of course, the Mormons play, as we know. But maybe the Jehovah's don't. I think it was a. Jo- I think he became a Jehovah's Witness. I'm gonna interested. Have to look at I don't now. know. I don't know. I figured he was just a freaking virtual pinball fan. Yep. Jehovah's Witness. Interesting. Do you think Scott Denisi is part of the Jehovah's Witness movement? I hadn't thought that. I'll have to ask Scott. Hey, Scott, if you're listening, you're Jehovah's Witness. I bring that up only because we also received this last week, the the new update for TNA. (gasps) TNA 2.0? 
I'm calling it Diet TNA. Uh. Just one code update, not 2.0 enough. Mm. So no, it's version 1.5 that came out. Oh, I yeah, see what he did there. You see what he did? He's clever. <laughs> we know this game, uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, was created by Scott Denisi, but manufactured uh, 550 plus another 250 they're planning right now by Spooky Pinball. This code update marks uh, the first time that we've seen a code update for this particular title in, in nearly two years. And it has wow. some cool cool features of this uh, this Pinball Machine Hall of Fame inductee TNA. For one, it has the added support for the upgraded core numeric display up at the top there. Uh, you'll see that in the newer games like Rick and Morty and such. The light shows have been updated to include new RGB LEDs in upgraded core display. Jukebox mode is added so you can beep with your friends at home. Or you can't beep, can you? It's got a muted beep, sad oh, beep. It's got a wamp beep. Yeah. Merman beep. Added a new song when the reactor is started and the value is maxed out. So we got a new, another new song in there, which is pretty damn fantastic. And my favorite of all features, a spinner rip count has been added to the LCD. So mm. it keeps a high score of that now of how many times you can rip that spinner in one. Oh, that's cool. Am I the default high score name? I think that's Joe Bob. It is. Because he was pushing it. He's like, oh, I, I suggested it. I don't, uh, I don't know why. Uh, he sold his TNA and had to buy another one. I, however, have Ooh. remained loyal. As an Ingleburn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some additional fixes to score bit uh, in the integration with that. But yeah, I like the spinner rip count. I like that Dragon Fist has that. I, I think it's cool. Why don't we do more with spinners, people? I have such a good idea of usage of a spinner. I don't even know if I want to share here. Maybe I will. So in my mind, Dennis, on my Back to the Future uh, production game that I will be designing, um, there's an opto spinner on there. And one of the, oh, man, I shouldn't even say this. Somebody's going to fucking steal it. On the mode that you're trying to get to that 88 miles an hour, I was going to have it programmed. This is my, my fantasy pin here. Program it so when you rip that spinner, it climbs up like a speedometer uh, to 88, but it's not going to get to 88 in one rip. So you've got to rip it, and when it slows down, it will start decaying until you rip it again and build those spins until it gets to 88. Now tell mm. me, that's not a beautiful idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good theme integration. You'd right? have to really orient your entire layout to make it possible to readily repeat it. Well, yeah. Well, think about uh, think about Deadpool Premium LA. Lip, rip that left spinner, comes back up to the ramp onto the right flipper. Got to get it up there. Don't steal it, people. Ken Cromwell works over JJP. Maybe, maybe he'll toss that idea to them. Don't take it, Ken. Don't tell them. They've got enough good ideas over there. Speaking of King Cromwell, special one lit. Pinball Podcast is making a triumphant return, Dennis. What? Bitches be back. What? Yeah. Say what? Say absolutely. They ended, what, years back at episode 89. Well, mm -hmm. episode 90 is coming. And it's coming this month with the return of King Cromwell, Bill Webb, and Steve Beatty. So is is this a like permanent or is it just one episode? <laughs> I don't know if this is like a reunion special hmm. where we see how much they've all aged 
board. <laughs> like, oh damn, he's got he's got fat. <laughs> this is Dexter. Have we come back for That's one more saying. season of Dexter? Are we going to do another season here? I couldn't be happier. I was I I would love to hear those guys back on the airwaves. They they were one of my favorite podcasts when before you know TPN ruined the whole landscape of Femall oh, Media. That's true. TPN killed it. Jason Fowler's just shaking his head right now in the corner. That's right. Where's our where's our slap save return? Right. Jason, if that is your name. They are coming back. If you listen. And what is it with pinball media? Have you seen Well, You know, you're part of it. Pinball media this last two weeks since I've been gone, I go get a back surgery and all of a sudden everybody turns into me. Everybody's shilling their own bye, stuff. Bye, bye. They're trying to Patreon stuff. They're trying to sell t-shirts with new artwork. Well, what's happening here, people? This is this is my gig. Mm-hmm. We're tired of you. We saw the we saw the values of your of your pin collection and the the people like you being able to go around and buy above ground pools. People at like will. you, people <laughs> like you, and then you go on and you go, yeah, I'm middle class. Yeah, okay, yes. So, so it's time to get paid. No <laughs> shit. Get later. Get paid, baby. Why not both? Maybe both. <laughs> Pinball Media goes Patreon. We have a lot of the standout media providers, in, in especially podcasting and pinball, that they have opened up their own Patreon page. For example, uh, Eclectic Gamers Podcast, yourself and Tony. You guys have been doing this for what, seven years? How long have you been? Over you six. Been? About six and a half years. Yeah. That's a long time. Never asked for a penny. But now you say, you know what? If you would like now to we're, we're asking for a pound. Oh no! If you've you're basically saying, "Hey, if you would like to support us, uh, here's a means to do so," and it's not like you're taking any of the episodes away. They're still you're still going to be doing EGP episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, if they want to support you, they can on different tier levels. Where can people go to do that? Well, of course, they could go to Patreon.com/slash Eclectic underscore Gamers. We offer a one dollar tier. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're kind like that. Wait a minute. A dollar? That's it? Mm-hmm. But we have higher tiers for people that feel guilty only paying a dollar. I was going to say, what, so what are the tier levels? One dollar? Uh, we have a five and a ten also. Oh, okay. Five or ten. Mm-hmm. I subscribed. You did. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had to thank you on our on our episode. Patreon for EGP. I signed up, but I wasn't the tight ass to do a dollar. Look, people who did a dollar, come on, bump it up to five. These guys deserve it. That's how good that stuff Maybe is. Maybe we don't. I mean, not everyone likes, you know, the show's not for everyone. Okay. That's whatever. Fair enough. And then do uh, different levels get you anything? We haven't done differentiations on that yet, but we've been talking with the folks. Like, obviously, some of the people that have contributed have said, we'd like to see something different. We'd like to see, even if not for the different tiers, at least something for sure. you know, those who give versus those that don't. So, I mean, so I've started to release the... You know, TPN's quite familiar with these, the internal to TPN, the babies first. So oh. my, my series of uh, repurposed uh, baby chick. <laughs> I, where did I take that image from? I think it's from baby's first Bible, I think is the name oh, of it. I use that okay. little duck and I've done it's it for years now. Uh, and I, when things in the pinball happen that I think are <laughs> weird or silly or whatever, I make a baby's first, but because I make fun of so many games. I don't release them publicly. Cause I'm like, you know what? There's going to be someone who just doesn't get it. And they're going to be all upset and I'm not trying to hurt their feelings. So, well, as, so, as one of your, the baby's friends, first are on Patreon. I can't get enough of the baby's first. Like, baby's I first. just love those things because they're, they're, uh, 
they stand the test of time. They're meant to be. They're kind of like memes. They're meant to kind of they do. Be they stand eternal. the test of time. It's like a good archive. If you if you collect all the babies first and go back, you you remember yeah. so many no. highlights of being yeah. No, they, uh, in they the go hobby. back a few years. I really started back into. I think I did my my first one years and years ago. And I think I got back into it around 2020 is when I really started to regularly do them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have a, I, so every month my current plan is to release those on Patreon release one. Ooh, and then, and then nice. I list the context. So like, not just you see it. Cause it's all self-explanatory when you see it. when you like the, the one that's up there for, for people right now, I'll just name the, oh, the title of uh, title of it is, okay. <laughs> is baby's first uh, live catch baby's first oh, live catch. And yeah. so I then that one, in the post, I explain like why did I why did I do this? Why did I blame this band company for causing this problem? Yeah. And what was my motivation for the design? Oh, that's good stuff. And does that go to all the Patreon yeah, people? Or it does. Is it- oh, yeah, that's wow. for everyone. We haven't we haven't done anything for the the upper tiers. I but, separated you know, talking to people like one of the things they've asked for is bonus episodes. And it's like sure, well, that's a big thing. But we already cover all the news. Like we don't leave news out on EGP. We just speed up the show if we think mm-hmm. it's going too long. Like we won't talk as long. So, but one of the things, the one that's that's leading the poll is like an EGP after dark, where because people have this impression. I noticed that even on this show, where I I, I am a little more, uh, I guess, uh, opinionated. Mm. Maybe would be the way to say it. People okay. like they don't think I swear. Oh yeah. And and Tony so and like I an actually uncut version of you. Guys. Yeah, yes. The concept oh, is yeah. all right. Well, what if we did a show where we weren't deliberately censoring? Because yeah, I'll put in a censor beep on bad language, but sure. we we don't talk like how we talk on the podcast in real yeah, you life. You aim not to have because yeah. you want it to be digestible to right. a mass amount. Yeah, yeah it's it. it's meant so people can play it in the car without feeling guilty mm-hmm. if they got kids in the yep. car with them. So yep. anyway, what. I'm kind of thinking is maybe because there's so much popularity for that is maybe we do a EGP Q and a just for the Patreon where people can post or send in questions and we will answer them, but we won't, we won't beep. I've been giving you my opinion here, but I've not been nearly as uh, uh, let's say colorful in the word choices I am in real life when I talk about this. Oh man. See, makes me want to go subscribe again. So go, go subscribe to EGP people. Please go do that. Um, And then also triple drain. The, mm. the other big heavy hitters for TPN Triple Drain and uh, and Silver Ball Chronicles. Oh, Silver Ball both, Chronicles. See, they've both opened up Patreons. They have different perks for different levels as well. I know that Triple Drain, you get the episode early, don't you? I think Silver Ball's doing that too. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I think for. I don't think they're doing it for their lowest tier, but for their other tiers. Yeah. Very cool. So but, it, it is yeah. a nice, easy way for listeners. When are to we going to do it? Oh. <gasps> Now, damn it, I pitched this to you, I think, a year ago, didn't I? Did you? I, think I don't remember I did. it. Yeah, because I had, All right. I had uh, different well, categories. Um, and that that was before I had I, to replace my windshield in my car. So, <laughs> so now is, I'm quite here, open the to the discussion. You and I, as different as we are, we would never agree to terms on how a Patreon would look for the pinball show. I really just don't think we would we'd be able to do it. Really? I don't. Mm. No, because you're too nice. I, gosh, you make me sound like the Pillsbury Doughboy of podcasting. No, you're just, no, you're just like, you're really fair. You're really nice. Uh, for me, <laughs> yeah, if who I'm, wants fairness in a, in a, in a, in well, an income model? If people are going to give me money, I want to give them the fucking goods, baby. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I would want, I, I wouldn't want to change. Already. I already I, hate I, it. I, yeah. See, exactly. I wouldn't want to change this show at all because this show is where it's at. 
Um, I don't know. The numbers don't lie. Check out that last podcast. Holy mo Our most listened to podcast of all time came from episode 113, Dennis. I'm telling the listeners here. Yeah. And it also came within one week of duration of being out. Yeah, that was, that's impressive. Wow. Hashtag show your numbers. Hashtag believe me, if you're that worried about them, you don't want to know what our numbers are. Bye, bye, bye. But I wouldn't want to change the show. But then again, if we're doing Patreon, I'd want to give the people what they want. So what do they want, Zach? Tell me. I think what those people want is a video show. Oh my God. I knew See? it. I knew you'd yeah. say it. Yeah. Or, or, or this, or I think a dedicated VIP discord with you and I and them. Nobody else allowed in it. Only the Patreon people and everything's kind of confidential and we're all, we're open there, but you know, an open discord with just you and I for the pinball show. That'd be another thing I think is huge. Hmm. Well, see, I could agree to do the Discord. Sure. The The video would have to be, I mean, it's I don't even know if I'd want to do video. Well, well, here's Discord. the thing. Here's how I would say. For, there'd be two, two factors on the video. One, I wouldn't want to do it every other week like this. So we'd sure. have to agree to a, a video schedule that made a, a lot more sense. Like, are we maybe every other month we could do a video? Mm. Yeah. And then there's the question of, is the video going to be totally separate or is it just going to be the video version of one of the audio podcasts? Mm. So that would be something to think about because if it's unique, then I think we could get away with not doing it as frequently. Oh yeah. Uh, so that would be one thing. And then uh, it has to be at a higher tier than, you know, like five Absolutely. bucks a month. I I'm sorry. It, Maybe, you know what? Maybe we can ask the work. listener then listener, the pinball network at gmail.com emails on what you think would be a fun way uh, that you could show support through a Patreon, like, um, campaign for the pinball show. I thought the other thing we could do, Dennis, is we've talked about streamlining this show sub significantly and recording like we always do, and then streamline a half an hour show every week, every other week for the pinball show for, for consumption of, of anyone and everyone for free, but have the full big old episode for the Patreon hmm. people. That could work. Like if you and I go on a big old rant about something that maybe could be cut, but Maybe we leave that for the uh, unedited yeah, version. Yeah, no, for that, the, that could work. See, I patrons. thought we'd be further up. I thought you were going to say stuff. Well, Dennis, we're going to have to. You're going to have to come out here and in person, and I get to hit you in the face every yeah, time you interrupt you. me. I was saying we also could have done if we do consider the Patreon like a um, a monthly virtual hangout. Mm. Hey, yeah, actually, that's kind of like uh, you're doing the streams now with Joel and stuff, but just right, 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 just like bring bring them in. Yeah, invite only kind of thing, and then. Personal little chat with a cluster yeah. of them. I don't, I'm, I might be able to, yeah. Email us at the pinball network at yeah. gmail.com. Email. Maybe, maybe we will do that because uh, what else, what else are we reaching for? Oh, well, what if we did? Listens. Here's one I had an idea of this one. This one you might not like, but, but at a high enough tier, the members, like if they, after every three months of mm -hmm. doing that sustained tier, they get the right to dictate like one thing about how we do the show. Like they could Ooh. say, all right, Ooh. on this episode. So Bob, Bob's contributed at the, at the, at the dictate tier for three months. Mm -hmm. And so he writes in and he says, okay, for this episode, I don't want the Eagle to appear at all. <gasps> and Jane does it for three months. And she goes on this episode, Dennis cannot do a fake exasperated gasp the entire episode. He just has to shut his what mouth. What about the Godzilla? Or, or they could take away my Godzilla or they could say Godzilla has to appear. 
So they're playing God? Yeah. I don't know if I like that. I mean, within reason. They can't like make us go on weird yeah. you know, rants and, and, <laughs> and insult a, a bunch of people. What about Patreon people, a personalized pinball market trends? I thought I thought about that one too, where they could actually say oh. this is what they want the market trend to cover. Or you for the Patreon people give a quarterly pinball market trend segment. I also Man, thought maybe so there should be ideas. maybe there should be the <laughs> the polynomial trend where those that do that I have to do for them a market trend myself. Oh. See? Like a real one, like how yeah, I, I did like a back legit in the day. one. Yeah. So many good ideas. Okay, now oh, there's my- just too many. I'm going to be thinking about that now. Do we ever just say to hell with it and put it all behind a paywall? Because that is how we get paid. I'm not a fan of that. I don't. All right. Well, so that's that. Uh, you can, In the meantime, if you want to support us, just reach out with well wishes, kind words, discussion at the pinball network at gmail.com. Follow, subscribe, like to TPN and everything like that. So pinball media went all Patreon on us here in this industry. What else is happening in the industry? Oh, we've got uh, changes by American Pinball. Oh, what? tanks in space? Yeah. Tanks in space. Nope. Why is that? Do you think people are just so hungry for stuff that that's now because I'm I'm feeling like people are almost <laughs> shilling it without seeing it. Oh, because it's so ridiculous. That's why. I think it's just people really want a lunchbox. I just uh, think the, that's what it is. They better sell lunchboxes. Lunchboxes might sell better than the machine. American Pinball this last week announced to the dealer network and to the public some changes in Legends of Valhalla. So they were essentially announcing, hey, this classic we were talking about, classic model of Legends of Valhalla, is coming. We're announcing it now. Here's all the specs on it. Here's how much it is. And we'll start producing them, I think they said, the beginning of the year, 2023. Yes. After all of the what we thought were deluxe models of Legends of Valhalla have been produced, which I'm surprised they haven't made all those yet. They're still uh, making You know, those. I've been surprised that they weren't done six months ago, but... Yeah. I I was unconscious uh, during this announcement, mm. I believe. So, Dennis, maybe if you could help... They've got three okay. models now? Okay. I, I want to read... I'm going to quote from Pinball News, which is where I read about this. <laughs> like, is this they the have Vicodin? Second paragraph. What is going on? This line... This line encapsulates everything that I, <laughs> that I, lo- I love about this announcement. So <clears throat> it's very short. Don't worry. Okay. N- now the company has rejigged the lineup by adding a new base classic model and bumping the previous deluxe, which sold out long ago, mm-hmm. up to a limited deluxe, while the previous classic now becomes the deluxe. Oh, <sighs> so the exasperated sigh here. It's, so okay, the, so the deluxe model, which, as you've noted, is not they've not finished building yet. However, they've sold them all long ago, long ago, sold them all, 500 sure. units. Yeah. That's not the deluxe anymore. That's now the limited deluxe. So somebody has a different model now. Yes. Okay. All right. So what was the classic is now just renamed the deluxe. And there's a new version of a classic that's come in as a third trim option. So now there are three trim options, not two, but they changed the name of every single one of them. (laughs) And and the Pinball News article has an excellent uh, color-coded matrix. So you can see like the deluxe and the classic, basically the new classic versus the old classic, which is oh now the God, deluxe. Oh my fucking confused already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the, the new model, the difference is the optional add-ons 
that they've taken out of it. So the okay. new the new classic version doesn't come with the apron light bar. It doesn't come with interior cabinet art. It doesn't mm-hmm. come with magic glass and it doesn't come with a shaker motor. That's what okay. they've stripped so out that, of the old that classic. That feels like a classic. Okay. Yes, they've stripped that, that out. And now that's the classic. And if you get all of those options included, they're now calling that the deluxe. And then the LE is called the super deluxe. Yeah, but what's the difference then? Like, if you don't have the options, it's a classic. If you have the options, it's now a deluxe, which we thought was always the deluxe. But what right. makes the limited deluxe different than the deluxe you save six hundred dollars do you get anything different oh oh between the limited deluxe and the new deluxe yeah yeah yeah. the the limited deluxe still has all the like the the molded uh toys oh okay all right and the gold uh, powder coat not the black uh so yeah the limited deluxe has the mirrored back glass and the and the and the molded you know shield and odin and the arch and the skull pile those are all molded only on the limited deluxe Mm, okay The, the the old classic now deluxe and the new classic are all using flat plastics for that stuff so it looks to me and tell me if i'm wrong or you may or may not know it sounds like there are things on the limited deluxe that you simply cannot buy as an add-on later. Whereas, yes, yes. Whereas the deluxe now has features that can simply be add that you could have added on if you were to get the classic. As near as I can tell, you you know you were because you're an American pinball distributor. Yes, yes. You've been selling the what was called the deluxe. Correct. Yes. Now they just call it the limited deluxe, and okay. then. You remember that they had said that in the future, a classic version was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Yep. That classic version is now called the Deluxe. All right. And now they're going to have another new version called the classic version, which is actually the same as the old classic version. They're just saving you $600 because it's not going to come with the shaker motor and the and the cab art and stuff. But you can still cabinet. add it if you wanted. But you can still add it, which would just turn it into a Deluxe. Well, technically, if you didn't get all the components, it would turn it into a classic 1.5 instead of a deluxe 2.0 zach you you've helped with promotions you you own your own business you're a successful entrepreneur what who does this uh, figure it out figure okay? it out figure it out why would you who in their right mind goes in and says you know what let's rename everything i love it every name is now wrong the classic's not the classic, before, it's the deluxe. But... The deluxe isn't the deluxe, it's the limited deluxe. And now there's a new version, and they called it the name of an old version, the classic. Uh, I, I I, feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. I invented the piano key necktie. I, I, I invented that, Zach. You didn't I hear want... me rename it the keyboard necktie. The keyboard. I want to be fair here, but also be transparent. As a dealer, I'm confused. That's a problem. And... What I'm a bit perplexed about, listener, is I, I wasn't so sold on this being a huge hit for AP, this game, Legends of a Hall. Well, the article notes it sold out. The deluxe now limited deluxe. Okay. All right. Be that as it may, to then go back and say, hey, I know we're not even done producing these yet. We haven't even fulfilled our LEs. Well, now limited deluxes rather than deluxe. We're going to make a classic, but we're also going to make a, a deluxe model as well. So we're not, we're not done making the ones that we've been trying to make for two years, but now we're adding two other models. We're adding a tank game and we're going to have two games every year. I just, I don't know if this is that popular of a game to subset yet again, another model from it. Why not just have your classic strip, strip it all down. I don't care. 
and then people just add whatever the hell they want to, right? That's essentially what they're doing. There's no difference. If you're going to have an a la carte list of items like a spooky pinball or something, then just designate those on your classic. And if you want any of the stuff that just simply you cannot buy, then you better go with the limited deluxe. Because the classic is the deluxe without some of the things. So why call it something different? Just call it a classic with a shaker motor or a classic with the magic glass option. That's what's confusing to me and I would assume kind of confusing to the public. You think? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with that, but, but also the, I think without looking at it, because I, I get it when I look at the matrix, I understand, okay, the new deluxe is the old classic just renamed. Mm-hmm. However, by calling it that and then calling the old deluxe now the limited deluxe, if you weren't to look into the details and you just heard the names, would some of these people who had bought the prior deluxe feel like they went back and to the well and broke their word and made more than 500? Mm. You see? Because, yeah. I mean, it's like, anyway, I, it's, it, it's clearly not. They're not intending to do that. I'm just, I don't, this decision is very weird. It looks to me as if you could do this because you're trying to create more revenue on accessories. You're trying to put them in house so that they people can get them from factory. So I would say, if you added up all of these things that are no longer on the classic but are on the deluxe, then you could probably save a substantial amount of money by just going all in ahead of time for a deluxe. But as I'm adding these up, roughly, you're only saving it's not even a hundred dollars, like twenty, forty bucks. So that's what's confusing. It's like, okay, if you could save me a lot of money, all right, then yeah, it makes sense. I might not want a shaker motor, but I'm essentially getting it for free because I'm going deluxe and getting all the add-ons, but they're comparable. So I don't know, it's very confusing, but um, I don't know. So they're making the, so when they make making the deluxes then? I, I, I didn't see it in the article. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing because that's basically the classic that that's 2023. I mean, because What's the di- what's the diff like throwing in some shaker motors and some voodoo glass? I mean, I or Matt, whatever they call it. Yeah, six hundred dollar difference. The breakdown price wise for Legends of Valhalla Limited Deluxe, which sold through but still available from dealers. I think the dealers have them in stock right now. Eighty three ninety five. So you know what? For your top of the line model, eighty three ninety five. That's a good look. I like that price for your for your top model on games. If it's going to be that way going forward. For the middle version, which is now known as the Deluxe, seventy nine ninety five, so four hundred cheaper, and then Legends of Valhalla Classic seventy three ninety five. None of this includes tax or shipping, and prices are always kind of subject to change. Is this the model they're going with on new release games as well? I don't think so. You don't think so? Oh, no. Oh no. Oh no. Please tell me there's no tank designated trim levels. Not after this episode. <laughs> Hashtag pinball companies that make all their decisions based off of what podcasts say. Oh my God. It's a thing. I don't know why, but it's a thing. Well, if they were smart. Okay. So that's Legends of All. I still don't have ample time on a, on a law. Yeah. I don't have much time on one either. So this almost confirms that we're not going to see galactic tank force. We're not going to see that this year. No, oh, no, I no, I nah, nah, nah. Hmm, yeah. that sucks. I wanted to see it at Expo. Of course you did. Uh, and 
in a way, I'm kind of wondering, is this here? Here's a, here's the, you know, speculation corner. Okay. Just, right. This is Dennis saying stuff done. No mm-hmm. evidence, no proof, not claiming it's true. I'm wondering if all of this, because I remember people talking about how there was going to be this big announcement from American pinball online. They were talking about this. And then it felt like it came out the next day, this stuff. Which, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, this is not a big announcement. No. This is a confusing claim of a new iteration of a game, and all you did was take out a few features from the game you had already said you were going to make. So That you're allowed to buy later. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is uh, is American Pinball like sort of struggling to stay relevant or keep themselves in the public consciousness? And given that they are not having another game out this year... Because I agree with you. I don't think Galactic Tank Force drops in 2022. This is the best that they can do is to still continue to try and act like Legends of Valhalla is something that we want to talk about. I mean, we are talking about it right now. So in a way, I guess that strategy worked. But I'm I'm sitting here going, and I've said this before, you know, they've had a huge shakeup at American Pinball. Yeah, you know, David Fix has come in. He's sure. brought in new designers. Old, uh, old hands have Zofia, left the company. Nordman, yes. And and Kugler's all gone. we have is a third-party developed game still is the only thing we're really talking about in terms of what the company's sharing with us. And it's, they had the new uh, Ryan McQuaid. What's he doing? Yeah, I mean, and I, I get it. They talked about it, making Wooly by these uh, law of people. They got the next American Dream from Expo. Whoever wins that, they're going to produce that game. It's a lot of talk. But all we see is a game that was developed from a third party outside of their company. That we used to see more, right? Houdini, yes. Hot Wheels, Oktoberfest, yeah. internally developed games. In fact, the big, the original big claim to fame with American Pinball was just how quickly Balsa was able to come in and the team together was mm-hmm. able to turn around and make a working Houdini game and get it out and available to the public. Mm-hmm. And now we just sit with this trickling out of limited deluxe models of a game that they revealed at the last expo. And the new news for this expo is, oh, yeah, we've decided to offer you a version that doesn't have a shaker motor. <laughs> That's how I read it. I, it, You can't argue that. And the other issue is do you, I, we know that they're having parts issues, just like all manufacturers. But I wonder if we're not having some coding issues, too. Can you get rid of Kugler? Even if you don't like his code, he was still putting in work. Is it just Ferret there, Joe Schober? It's working because I, I thought Schober's kind of contract, so he's working with different companies. I wonder what all coders they have there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Steve Bowden has been continuing to. And I get rules. That, I think he just does rules, not actual mm-hmm. programming code. And he's been focused on doing rules on this. The hell, they uh, had him doing marketing and sales too, though. Yeah, no, it's I. There is a lot about what American. Is this, what is this company's goals? There's a lot about American pinball, Zach, to that to me does not make any sense. And maybe that's because they're not sharing publicly with the things that really matter regarding like mm-hmm. corporate vision and stuff. But uh, for a company where they had someone, and that would be Mr. Fix, who's gone on a lot of interviews and said an awful lot of stuff, very I still strong, feel yeah. very much in the dark about anything of substance that they're actually accomplishing. The only way I can see that this makes sense is that they don't have parts to make Galactic Tank Force, but they do have parts to make Legends of Valhalla. That sounds silly. It sounds pretty silly, Zach. 
but that's the only way that makes this actually rational. Because you've sold all your LEs of your Legends of Valhalla. Continue selling those. Don't make but a big deal But they haven't built them classes. all yet. Let's yeah, bear but, that in mind. They haven't built those all yet either. I'm a, I'm a you know, money morning quarterback here, armchair quarterback. But if it's me, again, I'm probably ignorant to all the behind the scenes. But service level here, I'm thinking, okay, we, we ran this Legends of Valhalla over a year ago, going on two years now. They sold out immediately the 300. We bumped it up to 500. Nobody said anything, thank God. But we sold through on those. That's what we're going to look at. When it comes to the classics uh, in this market, I can't anticipate many people buying the classics. Almost to say that Jersey Jack, they got rid of their standard because of such. So we'll make some classics. We'll throw some out there just to keep the line running or anything. But all hands on deck for our next release, which is Galactic Tank Force. Here it is. Let's focus on getting rid of those LEs. And the same thing with the classic. If there's some classics, then they'll they'll trickle here or there. Our goal is to make 1,000 units, 500 of those being an LE, 500 being classic, and we keep moving forward. They keep stumbling on the same product that is not a, in my opinion, based on the evidence that I have as a hobbyist and a dealer, not a certified hit, not even close. So I don't, that's where I'm stumbling. That's where I'm yeah. stumbling. Well, I, I fell over the hurdles, you know, 12 miles back. So, no, yeah. <laughs> I want to sell these games. They, they make some really good games. And right now, the media is throwing them a fucking softball on Galactic Tank Force. Use that, AP. Use that. GTF hype. Because I can't believe that it is getting the support that it is getting, albeit even in a sarcastic, patronizing type of way, it's still promotion. It's still exposure. It's still marketing. Make the use of that. Yeah, I, I'm very curious if, is this going to be like this sort of natural groundswell of, of interest in this really obscure thing? And I'm trying to think of an example of like a movie where that's happened or if this is going to be snakes on a plane where, Look, if this where is, we, we, we talk about it online, we have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> And then you know, they see. go full. It's Morbin time and re-release there. It's Morbin more, more, time. The Morbius movie. Another movie because you think people actually want it. I don't. I don't I'm, know. Uh, honestly, we I'm waiting know. for Expo them to have a seminar and be like, "We're announcing Legends of Valhalla 2.0." Here comes the confetti. Poof, poof. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Look, Amer- American Pinball. Right now, if I'm you and you actually have media giving two shits about your next game that's an unlicensed theme, you do have Nordman going for you, you got Steve Bowden going for you, you got a lot of good things going for you. Start teasing some of the crazy, cool-ass shit that Nordman creates on his games. Just give, just give the media and the hobbyists something to speculate on. Start revealing that stuff now so that people stay amped up, and then the minute you advertise that, uh, look what James Bond did. They announced it months and months before it was going to be released. Take people's money, make it a non-refundable, and move forward. That's what I would do. I'd hit while the iron is hot right now. I would not pay attention to Legends of Valhalla if I was them. That's just I me. agree. I think they I think they just need to move on to a different property at this point. Oh, thank you. And speaking of thank yous, I wanted to do a new segment here, Dennis, that I'm calling Thank You, Pinball. Isn't that nice? Nice segment. Very kind of you. This particular entry this week is called Thank You, Pinball. Something I love about someone I love. Oftentimes, as we have this episode, you know, we, we get snarky. We have strong takes. Uh, and uh, 
based on my, and also associated with my discussion a couple weeks ago, the seriousness of sometimes how a silly little hobby can get personal and can affect people in very negative ways. Um, I wanted to double down and impart some positivity and some love whenever, um, whenever I can. So with this segment called Thank You Pinball, um, I wanted to identify something that I, looking back, I was going through work and I've, I stumbled upon something. I was like, damn it. Like, I love that about this person. And because of pinball, that's why I get to experience the friendship or the relationship I have with said person. So this week's submission to thank you, pinball, something I love about someone I love is for Greg Bone. It has to be Greg Bone, right, listener? It's my, it's, it's my other He's video. He's everyone's hat. favorite. I know. It's on my comment lately. Greg should help because he looks younger than you and probably stronger. Whatever. <laughs> I, I saw that one. <laughs> oh, he's not younger, which makes me even more sad. I want to thank you, Greg Bone. This is something behind the curtains I want you guys to know about that makes this man even more lovable. Greg Bone stays in the moment. He is able to separate himself, stay in a moment, and really capture and experience life like many of us struggle to do. Once I get my head down into something and I'm focused on something, I'm like, I have blinders on. And it's hard for me to embrace and process what I'm going through in the moment. He's done this whenever we did the Twippies. He's really good at making me stop and think and realize what I'm thankful for and some of the experiences that I'm gaining in the moment. In particular, this thank you pinball, something I love about this guy. When we film something important or, well, important to me, whether it's sizzle reels, featurettes, uh, production pieces for other companies, we hold that into the highest regard. We very much respect that we have the opportunity to do that, and we love it. Um, but what Greg Bone will do, because he's a fucking sweetheart, whenever I'm working on set or something, he'll take pictures of me framing a shot or uh, if I'm interviewing like a Pat Lawler or someone. like He'll take pictures of me doing that just for me, just for my memories and for me to remember going through it because I can't stop myself to embrace and process that in the moment. I struggle to separate myself from those things, but Greg never does. So I want to thank Greg Bone, and moreover, I want to thank Pinball because without Pinball, I would have never met Greg Bone. And to go through my pictures, you know, looking for something for work and to see me setting up a shot or something, knowing I would have never captured that moment for myself, but him knowing how important it was to me and in our process and our growth uh, in this industry. Is that not the sweetest thing ever, listener? Dennis, tell me. That's that's sweet. That's a really Aww. nice thing to do. He's pretty nice. No wonder everyone likes him. <sighs> He's legit. He's legit nice. Until you try to... <laughs> but yeah, I was like going to say, who, who gets in a fight with Greg Bone? It, well, people do. If you, he's like a raccoon, though, man. You put him in a corner. Woo! Son of a bitch will get out of that corner, I assure you. <laughs> Whenever I have, on the rare instances, Greg and I have only met a couple of times. On the rare instances mm -hmm. I've had to deal with him, I just put something shiny down, and he wraps his little raccoon <laughs> hand around it, can't get it out of the jar, and that's how I trap him. That's how I trap Greg. It's I always up in the shiny stuff. It's a shiny, cheap beer can. Who knew that the shiny stuff was the inner light in all of us all along? <laughs> Thank you, Pimble. All right, Dennis, last time it was a little bit of somber pinball market trends. Do you think we can spice it up, jazz it up a little bit this week? Mm, sure. 
you were wanting to say no, but you were like, fuck, you just did that damn stupid thank you pinball segment. I yeah. can't be mean. I got to I'm, I'm second nicest. Ladies and gentlemen, let your inner eagle soar, baby, because this F-14 Tomcat's coming to town. Pinball! My back market trends. Cacao. Doctor did not clear me for PMT yet. <gasps> oh. Cacao. My sutures. <laughs> like, it's not cacao. It's more like kana, man. Kana. Kana. I think something may be coming out of my back right now. All right, let's get through this so I can go check it. Let's get it, Dennis. Trending up this week is James Bond 007 LE. Yes, they did all sell through but they are still selling on that secondary market substantially higher than MSRP. Numbers don't lie, people. There was a lot of outrage, a lot of kickback whenever Stern increased their LE pricing to $13,000. But apparently, a lot of you don't care. Secondary spots for the LE model of James Bond 007 from Stern Pinball currently selling for fifteen dollars to $16,000. Consistently. What ceiling, bro? Also trending up this week is an oldie but goodie, Pat Lawler's Bonsai Run. You guys forgot about the game, huh? Sure, it's kind of goofy, and the whole upper head play field is somewhat gimmicky, but the numbers are there. A year or so ago, you could find them in the 8,000s, 9,000s. Here recently, you're not going to find a Bonsai Run in good working condition, a good example, for less than $10,000. Is there a pricier System 11? 10K by Halloween. Turning up this week is flipping the script, Autism Charity. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Not only is it coming up, but they opened up the auction. Did you listeners see this? Loser Kid Pinball Podcast, as well as TPN, Poor Man, there's a bunch of media groups, of manufacturers all coming together to do an auction. And they're going to do an event, a fundraiser for children with autism. Uh, and part of that is an auction where you can go right now to the website go to the loser kid there's links everywhere on facebook uh i might put it in show notes as well but you can see the items that you can bid on already bidding ends on the 20th so we have a little bit over a week to the onset of uh, of expo but there is some really cool stuff in there i've been bidding on the black and white attack from mars playfield oh, that looks sweet <sighs> that damn thing is awesome bye, bye, bye. Uh, i bid on franchi's uh oh what did franchi have superman he, prince was it batman it no, what? I'm trying to Bond. think which one it was. I don't know. I'm naming everything. It was sexy as hell, though, and it was on Plexi uh, and Lit Frame. So I bid on that. I'm getting beat. And then here recently, I had a I have a good friend in Hollywood, <laughs> Stephen Jablonski. Oh, and, yeah. You know, hey, <clears throat> not name throwing. What, what would that friend's name be, Zach? Well, you know, uh, Mr. Jablonski, and he he does a lot of the scores for Michael Bay's films. So mm. Transformers. Yeah, and Transformers, it, yeah. He is iconic in uh, in film scores and, and, and composing in Hollywood. And he reached out because he's a freaking sweetheart. And he said, hey, would you guys take on a donation if I were to give an original sheet music from Transformers, from one of the iconic uh, scores, from one of the iconic compositions within that film score, he is going to sign it and Michael Bay. He talked to Michael Bay and said, hey, uh, these guys, I'm part of pinball industry, and these guys and gals are doing something really great for uh, for children's autism. Would you be willing to sign? And Michael Bay said, absolutely, yeah. Say! He'd love to. So they signed a original sheet of music, and that's a hot item right now during that auction. So mm-hmm. 
As a reminder, everybody, go. It's training up this week because it is a great cause. Uh, it includes a bunch of great people, great items to win. Um, so thank you for all of those people who are associated and helping out with that. And show your support by bidding and winning something. And remember, it's not about the value of the item. Every, <clears throat> every dollar that you're giving is helping out. So don't, oh, well, that's price too. No, like blow it out of the the more money the better go buy something yeah you know that makes me think that it would be really interesting to see i'd love to see like a, a sizzle trailer for a mm-hmm. pinball machine shot by michael bay oh. uh, he used to do music video so yeah you know how I, yeah, bad it would be interesting would be. i'm just imagining like american flags in the background and swooping yes. low telephoto shots 316 the, the Will machine. smith and martin lawrence bad boys yes and, and separate from that i would say that if mr jablonski listens to the show please write into the pinball network at gmail.com and say do you prefer zach or me oh no don't do show? that i had an i got a let I had what? a leg up. What? Yeah, no, he'll probably say, oh, absolutely, Zach. I hate you. I wish I wish Greg Bone was replacing you, Dennis. No, I love that David Dennis messages. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm throwing you out there. Oh, he, this is so mean to do to him. I don't, but I love it's Dave. Who cares? Dave messaged Creasel and I. We have a group chat, and he was like, so like legit, though, Zach, like how do you know? How do you know that guy? Oh, and, oh, and I said, God. this is so, I, I, so humble of you. I know it was just such a toss up. And I was like, Dave, I'm sorry. Um, like just legit. He's a big fan of mine. So <laughs> it's true. I, this is what he said. He's a big said, fan of my work. That's yes. What you know, the craft, you know, <laughs> Dave was like, fuck, like I should never have walked right into that. Mm, it was, it was sad. I felt bad for him. Hey, numbers don't lie. I only report facts here on Pimmel market trends. Oh my gosh, freaking Michael Bain's blonde. Wow, holy shitballs. So if you're a celebrity out there and you're a fan of my work, reach out and make me look even better by donating to this wonderful, wonderful charity event. I got to figure out what I'm going to buy. And we put on, uh, there's a Creasel uh, Clone LE t-shirt on. Oh, is there? Yep, yep. Okay. There's there's one of those on there. Um, I think flipping out, we donate. Dude, I donate a freaking topper. How am I oh, not going to be you? part wow, of this? Not donate nice. a topper, not just any topper. I donated Stern's TMNT freaking turtles topper. Turtles, mm. yeah. We got shooter rods in there, art blades, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I sent a box of stuff. I don't think it was valuable enough <laughs> for any of the auction rocks. stuff. I sent basically, I sent a box of eclectic gamer stuff. I had some of the oh, Hydra nice. inspired Deep Root style oh, uh, yes. coffee mugs and stuff. I think mm-hmm. I think they're going to use those as like giveaways and stuff at Expo because I don't. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think anything was special enough to be in the auction. But there's so much cool stuff coming in. I sent some shirts too, not Creasel Cle- clone shirts, but yeah. EGP shirts, Hydra shirts. I think I did a couple Hydra shirts for them. Would you, if somebody does end up bidding on and winning the, uh, the Creasel clone, would you be willing to either sign it or anything if they wanted? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Awesome. Sweet. And then, uh, I don't know if Michael Bay would, but, uh, Jablonski said that he would do a personalized message for the winner as well if they want. Hmm. So, well, you want me to call Mike and find out if he's willing to also? <laughs> well, yeah, well. He's a fan of yours, I hear. Yeah, yeah, he's a fan of the fact that I bought some of his movies. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, man, the Rock, uh, best best action movie of all time. So good. Welcome to the Rock. Sad to report that there are a couple items that are trending down this week. One of them being, oh man, a game that I still like, a game that most of you don't. It's Halloween. It's Ultraman. 
Tis the season, people. Why are you dumping these Halloweens? We saw a for sale entry on the secondary market from Jay Gentry last week. Ultraman, he was like $6,000. Take it. I never want to see it again. Ouch. That hurts more than my lower back. Recently this week, I seen a Halloween, somebody doing the same thing in the 6,000s for a Halloween. That's a low-hanging pumpkin, I know. So I'll give you another item here on Pinball Market Trends. Trending down this week. Uh-oh. Now I'm going to be mean to people. Mm. It's canceling your order with a dealer without notifying your dealer. Say what? How does that even happen? How do you order? How does that happen, Zach? You order a product and you cancel it. So, of course, the dealer would know, right? Yeah. No. I mean, Amazon knows when I cancel something. Oh, man. My dander was up this last week. We were trying to get some Godzilla premiums. You know, get the chronologically ordered people when they order. And flipping out is kind enough not to take deposits. I'm trying to help you people out. I don't have to take $250 or $500 of that. No, you order a game from us, a pro or premium, we don't require a freaking penny. And we also give you free shipping on it. I mean, what more do you want, people? The only thing we would ask is for the decency of if you order it and you've purchased it somewhere else before we could get it for you that you ordered, just let us know. That's all. It's very hard to give a timeline to people. Hey, where am I at in the order list? Well, you're number 25. And I'm getting, let's say I'm getting 20 games. Well, if I would have known five people for that are going to say, oh, that's right. I did order that. Sorry. I already got one. And I could have told the other people they could have got theirs. <sighs> Figure it out. Figure it out. All I'm asking is if I'm kind enough not to charge you any deposit and to take an order that when the game comes, be ready for it. Or give me a heads up and say you've already got one or you've changed your mind. That's all. That's kind of, is, that, is that a dicky thing of me to say? No, I don't think so. I felt kind of bad saying it because I'm always telling people, oh, it's okay, you're not the end of the world. Maybe I'm too nice. No, I'm not. I'm a dick. Let's turn something else down. Trending down this week, a newcomer. I haven't seen this trending down in quite some time. It's Chicago Gaming Company's Monster Bash remake. Now hear me out. The Monster Bash remake classic, special edition, limited edition they're all still substantially higher than that of when they came out msrp they're higher than that so they're in a good spot on the secondary market but if you do follow the data you will see that rankings wise that thing was pretty firm in that top three inside top 100 it maybe slipped to top five it has faltered down to number seven now monster bash number seven so that's dropping as well as some of the prices if you're collecting all of the CGC LEs, now's probably the time to see if you can talk an owner out of their LE at a pretty big discount. Call me crazy, but I think you can probably find a seller of a Monster Bash LE mint condition for $11,000. I've seen them sell in the high 11s. Maybe now's your time to snag one of those. And ironically, the special editions aren't going for much lower than that. You see those in the upper nines, lower tens, but the classics, the classics you can pick up for like 8,000 bucks, but you're seeing a little bit of regression on the secondary market for that particular title. Dennis, if these people are going to be giving us Patreon dollars, we at least need to save them some money in this week's segment, Deal of the Week. Bye, bye, bye. If you guys go to the Flippin' Out Pinball Facebook page, you'll see a lot of recently uploaded used inventory. And for you listeners, I'm giving special promotions for. We've priced some of these machines lower than they should be. For example, Mandalorian Premium, brand new in box. They're $89.99. They're about to be $96.99. 
January 1st. We've got a pre-owned one, low plays. Damn thing's basically brand new. We've got it listed for $74.99. Come January 1st, that's $2,000 less than a new inbox, but I'm going to make it even better for you. Tell me that you heard it on the Pinball Show Deals of the Week, and you can have this premium for $7,200. Bye, bye, bye! Boom. But I wanted the Pro. Okay, fine. I've got a Pro right now, pre-owned, listed for $6,200. That's enough to make Mama Minnie mad at me. But I'm going to cut it down for you. $59.99. Bye, bye, bye! You want another one, you greedy little bastards. Fine. Just listed an Iron Maiden. Pro. Pre-owned. Everybody wants one. That is a trending game right now. I don't care if it's the Premium Pro LE. Iron Maiden is on a high right now. This individual one that we got in is a Pro, and it is loaded down. It's got the official Stern uh, art blades in it. It's got the Premium figures from the Premium game. It's got the Egyptian arch ramp mod, fluorescent plastic protectors, Stern Insider connected already. I've got it priced at $74.99, and that thing will sell. But all you've got to do is say, you heard it on Pinball Market Trends Deal of the Week, and you can have it for $7,200. Bye, bye, bye! Makes me almost want to buy, buy, buy. And as always, I'm just here reporting facts, people. Numbers don't lie. People love my work. On Pinball <laughs> Market Trends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Fucking Dave. Oh, Dave. Let's close it out here, Dennis. Um, where can people reach you? They can always email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. Use the messenger tool, and I check those regularly. And if any of you come up to me at Expo and say that you're a fan of the pinball show, I'm going to ask you if you've been subscribing via Patreon to EGP. Because it's so related. It's just, you know. I'm a fan of your work, Dennis, and I'm a supporter. So I'd like to see people giving back to you. And that's how they can until we get our Patreon uh, off the ground. I'm still thinking of ways we could do a Patreon. Fuck it. We're doing it behind a paywall. (laughs) Paywall. You can reach me at the pinball network at gmail.com or watch our video series over on straight down the middle of YouTube. Uh, We're sdtmpinball at gmail.com there. Or if you want to buy a brand new pinball machine or a used pinball machine or uh, or parts or accessories or anything of sorts, we can help you out over at Flippin' Out Pinball. Go to flippinoutpinball.com or text me at 812-457-9711 or email me at Z-A-C-H at flip the letter N out pinball.com. You get a tech question, it's Greg at flippinoutpinball.com. You get a billing question, it's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E at flippinoutpinball.com. Product showcase this week just in an Iron Maiden Pro from stern pinball we also just got in an avengers infinity quest pro pre-owned mandalorian pro pre-owned mandalorian premium pre-owned hot damon elvira house of horrors 40th edition uh 82 number 82 it's pre-owned i think it's sexy as a mofo mm. we also just added something to the flipping out vault people are buying toppers from there people are just they can't get enough of the vault items dennis the vault is uh very secure in its sales, I guess. It is secure. It's doing good. We just sold a uh, a Willy Wonka LE from the vault. New and wow. Yeah, still had one of those. And this week in the vault is a commission item. Remember, people, if you want to make some money and have a great way to expose your one-of-a-kind uh, things, do so by utilizing the consignment shop of Flipping Out Vault. So this vault item that's going in today maybe yesterday if you're listening, is one of those LE, you can't buy them, but it's the Black Knight Sword of Rage Vinyl LP, the Collector LP. 
Mm. Did you even know they made those? I vaguely remembered it, yeah. How cool is that? It's like a bright orange uh, vinyl disc, uh, two sides. It's got all the Scott Ian music on it, and uh, yeah, badass. So purchase that today if you're a fan of that music or to complete your collection if you have a Black Knight. But that is a really cool one-of-a-kind item, and you're going to be seeing more of those coming out very soon. Also, James Bond, 007 Pro and Premium, still taking orders on those, taking a list for Elwin's limited edition 60th anniversary uh, game. I don't know how we're going to sell those, but right now we're just putting people in chronological order until we figure that out. We do now have Toy Story 4 LEs in stock, Dennis. It's happened. We've, we've caught up on our backlog. So we have LEs in stock. We still have available spots for CE models. Cactus Canyon Remake SE is in stock. People, if you want a freaking pinball machine, bye, bye, bye. I've got the shit for you. I want a Godzilla Premium. Well, you're going to have to wait for that one. The Deadpool? Well, fucking wait for that one. How about Elvira? Yeah. I don't even know. No, you got an Elvira available. Didn't you just get one in? So funny. I always tell people that. They're like, could I put my name down for an Elvira Premium? Do you take deposit? Nope. No deposit required here. Oh, do you charge shipping? Nope. Free shipping. And do you collect taxes? Let's see what your state is. Nope. Don't collect taxes. And they're like, well, when's it going to come? I, I have no clue. Sometime. I was like, but in the meantime, if you want the nicer looking version, I got the 40th anniversary. And they tell me to piss off. Still got an mm. Oktoberfest in stock. Mandalorian Pro Premium, Rush Pro and Premium, Star Wars Pro and Premium, Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium, Guns N' Roses Ellie. We've got used games, Insider Connected. Buy some Insider Connected kids, people. I got some fun stuff coming for the Insider Connected crowd out there. Ooh, some videos and stuff I'm making. Love that. Still have Elvira number 40. Still taking Queen pre orders. I think we just got Avengers Art Blades back in. Escalators, if you guys want an Escalator for Expo, contact me. I might be able to bring you up one. CGC Shaker Motors, still waiting for Stern Shaker Motors. Merch, etc. TPN last week, Dennis. Guess what? Final round had a podcast. They did. We had a lot of podcasts. Damn, we filled up the airwaves last week. That's what we do here at the yeah, Pinball Yeah, Pinball Network. Party. Another episode of Pinball Party. Pinball Party, recently. Triple Drain. Yeah. We had the Aussie Pinball Podcast. Free had, Play. Yeah, Free Play Pinball Podcast. We even had... The, that you talked about earlier, the TPN After Hours video cast with Joel, yourself, Craig, Bobby, and Mike Castleman, where you guys had to guess the rank of a pin uh, of a game on Pinside and no, see. Yeah, who could Joel get, had to come up with a game for us to play. Uh-huh. Yeah. See who could get the closest. Spoiler alert: You waxed them. Mm, really Mike well. was pretty close to my score. Mike did pretty good. Craig, Bobby did good too. I think Joel was the worst out of all money. Well, that's what David Dennis would say. Whenever you guys pulled up Big Lebowski, I was like, because I know where that one mm. was. I was like, oh, they're going to be way off. I, I, I was the worst at it, too. They're I was the worst on that one. off that one. And if you guys are into competitive pinball, there was one hell of a weekend of competitive pinball over at District 82 as part of the Pinball Super Series, Fox City's Pinball and Tom Graff. Six tournaments you can watch this last weekend. Go to the VODs. I was watching... Saturday night's tournament came down to like uh, Escher and Jared August, I believe. Mm, They're playing BMX. Man, what a doozy that game is. Mm, It's the mystery castle of biking, I hear. It kind of was, I'm not going to lie. But it was was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Sunday here, while we're recording, they have another another tournament going on. But TPN this week, I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to take my pain pills and my muscle relaxers and get this pain out of my back and in my butt. It's a pain in my butt, really. Pain in my ass. For Dennis Creasel, can I always be your pain in the ass listener? 
Zach Minnie. And always remember, folks, you can email the pinball network at gmail.com and give us Patreon suggestions on what you'd like to see in the tiers. I'm currently thinking we should have a classic tier and a deluxe tier, but if you give us enough ideas, I think what I'll do is I'll move the deluxe tier to the limited deluxe tier, move the classic tier to the deluxe tier, and then create a whole new classic tier. But let me know. GTF! Yeah, GTF, Lunchbox hype! Oh, and always practice safe pinball. And do me a favor, listener. Today, October 10th, is Dennis Creasel's birthday. Please, if you would, reach out, wish him a happy birthday, and also sign up to support him through Patreon for EGP. Happiest of birthdays, Dan Dan! Hey, what's cracking? What's going on? It's good. <laughs> what's cracking? <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh. Hi everybody. No. Oh, Dr. Nick. This was, was my doctor. Hey Nick. everybody! That was my Dr. Nick impersonation. Yes. It's almost as good as your Dr. Phil. It's <laughs> Alvin Jones here calling in to say I'm so sorry, but Zach did not recover from the back surgery. And I'm your new host. <laughs> Please send flowers. <laughs> That's a hanky taker. <laughs> uh, yeah, you smell like flowers. In hell. <laughs> <laughs>